countdown because I can just cut off the beginning. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a not a cold open. It was a lukewarm opening. I don't even know. I call it lukewarm. That was like you're in the bath and the water like it starts off warm and then it just shuts off and it's just ice cold. That was an ice cold opening. I mean, it transitioned that way, or, or like a stagnant swamp <laughs> opening. I don't know about a stagnant swamp. It's got some moss on it. Oh, like just floating. It wasn't dirty. I guess. I guess you're right. <laughs> it was just you know. I'm just getting a lot of green. Unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so. Um, Hello, welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a podcast all about water and temperatures of water. Um, sometimes, but most of the time it's a PlayStation podcast uh, where we give our two cents on all things PlayStation. I am Stephen Morrow and I am joined by... Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. <laughs> now, there needs to be a different accent every time. <laughs> I mean, I can make that happen. All right. Okay, what was the accent this time? What, what would you call that? I, I don't know. Uh... Goofy ass Victorian age Englishman. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's roll with it. I Alex Woof. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what we're gonna call it. All right, goofy ass Victorian age Englishman. Victorian age Englishman. I apologize to any English listeners out there. That's actually that. Um, that's my type right there. <laughs> goofy ass victorian age englishman i thought your type was asian yeah it's completely i was lying (laughs) (laughs) but if there were like a netflix original series about goofy ass victorian age englishman i would watch it i mean yeah it's probably just wouldn't that just be a british comedy yes (laughs) yes so yeah that that makes sense that totally sums you up (laughs) so how have you been you know doing all right uh stressed you know it's 2021 is so far leaking 2020 vibes into it. Yeah, this is 2020 the sequel. Yeah. So. I've been I've been basically saying that 2021 I feel like isn't going to start until until February. Like I I consider January to be just a continuation of 2020. That's fair. I get that. Mine's more from mine's not necessarily like the stresses of the world. Mm-hmm. At this point I'm kind of like, you know, I'm okay, cool. Like yeah, I'm still wearing a mask out in public. Got it. Yeah, uh, the president still, for the time being, sucks. Got it. Uh, people are doing shit they're not supposed to be doing. Okay, cool. Like, that's been happening well before 2020. No, that's just America. So, exactly. That, that's a fucking world. But right now, mostly America. But, <laughs> um, so, I mean, more, mine's more like personal stuff, like work and all that nonsense, mm. so. But, uh. Yeah, that's right. You got, uh, I got promoted at work, and it's nice. I appreciate the promotion, and I think I'll enjoy it more as I get more into it. It's just like right now, so many things have hit the fan at work that I can't actually start. So many doing... things, not just shit. The shit has hit the fan, yeah, but other shit. things have hit. Yeah, the Yeah, so well. I'm like, I'm trying to play catch up on those things, plus learn the new job. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, ah, what the hell? But I think once things kind of slow down and I start getting a handle on things, it'll be fine. Yeah, transition periods are always wonky. Yeah, so. as everything around me is falling, <laughs> like quite literally, my switch is falling, my phone is falling. It. it Hopefully I don't spill my beer. That would be a catastrophe. That would, it's, yeah, man, it's vanilla. That would, that would be a tragedy. It is a vanilla milkshake IPA, and it's your like, last beer. Yeah, it's the last one I got, and this is my favorite. And I still owe you beer from that from that bet. I uh, haven't forgotten. I'm not. I'm not shitty. I'm just a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is true. <laughs> Hold on. What are you saying? I'm saying you're slow. What do you mean? What am I saying? <laughs> a hidden message you're the person that tells me hey i'm gonna be over to record and then i'm like okay cool see you in an hour and it's seven hours later look i fucked up okay i fucked up i've made a lot of mistakes in my life and most of them have been in the past week all right i okay how you been (laughs) that that about sums it up i'm uh not the best yeah um but i'm setting the bar really low so that i'm proud of myself in the future that's the so like i feel like a lot of people say that like I understand the mindset, right? So that way you can't be disappointed and then you feel good when you accomplish things. But looking back at it, once you've done those things and you're like, what did I do? I did all this stuff. And you're like, 
depending on your mindset at that point, that could be very fucking depressing and ruining that entire process you did. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, you basically just described my entire existence. Uh, is just setting the bar low and then looking back and being like, oh, damn. (laughs) 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 Just, Just, oh, damn. Nothing else. There's no explanation behind it. That's just it. But like, I mean, but but I deal with those feelings uh, usually by playing video games. Um, but actually, I have a story that I want to tell, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay. Because it's PlayStation related. Okay. Um, so a friend of mine was having a kind of rough time. Uh, so, uh, you know, they were wanting some company. So I went over to their house, and, and we just hung out and played video games. Um, and I only know how to deal with my emotions in two ways, okay? All right. That's making music. Um uh, usually self-deprecating music um or more commonly video games and more specifically trophies (laughs) just trophy hunting all right all right like having lists of things to do and then actually accomplishing something getting trophies so i go over to my friend's house and you know they're not they're not feeling the best so i'm like trying to think of ways to help them Mm -hmm. and they were playing spyro the Reignited Trilogy on PS4. And I have also been playing Spyro the Reignited Trilogy, and I platinumed the first one, I platinumed the second one, I'm working on platinuming the third one. Alright, alright. So I was like, oh, I've been playing this, and I've been platinuming it. You should platinum some of these. And they were like, I have never gotten a single platinum trophy in my life. And then I looked at them, and I was like, we're getting a platinum trophy tonight. That's disgusting. And, hold on, it gets worse. Oh, it was 11.05 p.m. Mm-hmm. I looked at them and I said, by 12.05, you are going to have the Platinum Trophy in Spyro 2. Because it's easier to get the Platinum in Spyro 2 than it is Spyro 1, because there's one really annoying one. Anyways, so I was like, in one hour, you're going to have this Platinum. And they were like, all right, let's fucking do it. And we fucking did it. He got the Platinum in Spyro 2. And then immediately after, this is like 12.05, Okay. Or like 12.30 by the time that we, you know, figured out what we're going to do. I was like, we're going to get another Platinum tonight. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, we are going to get another Platinum tonight. So I looked through his game collection, and I saw Ghost of Tsushima. And I was like, we're Platinum and Ghost of Tsushima tonight. And he was like, okay, let's fucking do it. And we did it. He Platinum Ghost of Tsushima that night. What all left did he have in Ghost of Tsushima to do? To uh, I mean, he finished the story and stuff. It was just clean up at the end. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was like, Jesus Christ. That's... And it's actually really interesting because uh, I was worried that some of it was going to be really annoying because, like, the hidden altars, we had to pull up a guide and find them. But oh, literally yeah. the first hidden altar that we went to and he uh-huh. bowed at, he got the trophy because uh-huh. he had apparently already bowed at the other random hidden Oh, altars. cool, okay. So I was like, Jesus Christ. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. So by 3 in the morning... He had gotten two Platinums, his first two Platinums ever, and it was because I influenced him. Well, were they two or three? Because you said he did Spyro 1, 2, and then goes... No, I did Spyro 1 and 2. Like, me separately. But him, on his account, he did Spyro 2. Oh, okay. I thought he also did 1. Okay, gotcha. But, but yeah, so... uh, now, I think I've created a trophy whore because now he's actively working on platinum in Spider-Man, uh, which is another very doable platinum. Very doable. Uh, but, yeah. So, I have created a trophy whore. <laughs> uh, Deplorable, in some fashion. Created out of depression. <laughs> so, uh, like, great, awesome. I'm glad this person discovered trophies and they'll have fun doing it. Um, deplorable for you for taking advantage of this poor soul. But uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how they feel in the future. <laughs> I'll wait until um, the Spider-Man Platinum, and then I'll see how he feels. Yeah, I, I wonder this, this if this will stay on. You know, do I know this person? Yes, yes, you do. From Australia? What is the person from Australia? No. No member of their family from Australia. Correct. Okay, just making sure. At least as far as I know. We know a person that... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to make sure, because when he said Spyro... It's like, not that easy. person. Okay, okay. I think that person already platinumed the Reignited Trilogy. I wouldn't be surprised. Because uh, that's like, that's their jam. Yeah. That's like their favorite thing ever. Oh, yeah. That's uh, real. 
But anyways, no, it's a different person. Gotcha. So what have you been playing? So Spyro, is that is that all you've done? Uh, is that all you've been playing? I've been playing Spyro. Uh, I've been thinking about Legends a lot, but I haven't played that since we last played it. Yeah. I think it's been like a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, two weeks. Yeah, mostly just Spyro. Because uh, I want to get through the Reignited Trilogy Platinum. Get it done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'm probably going to jump into Final Fantasy. Which one? I don't know. 15 or 7. I can't decide. Or 10, because now I have 10 again. Well, I thought you had an inch. You had an instance with 10 last week. Where it, yeah. Are you going to just get, get another college try? Yeah. I mean, I have to start over because I fucking died. At the tutorial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... <laughs> If you're looking to get the platinum right away, I say go with 15. Yeah, I know 10 is not going to be an easy. Yeah, but I know me, I'm not even thinking about 10. Uh, between 7 and 15, 15 will be faster. I think, for all intents and purposes, you will. So I just beat 15 two days ago. Rachel and I were in bed and I was playing it. It was 1 30 in the morning. Tears are welling up. Like, it was depressing. You that game know. is a sad fucking game. But it is, I don't know. I, there's a lot to it. Like five minutes into it, I told you this earlier that yeah, I was going into this five minutes before I beat it. I just told Rachel, I'm like, you know what? I feel like I don't like. I understand the sense of brotherhood in, this, in some kind of way that the game is trying to develop. But at the same time, I feel like I don't know a lot about the three other characters with Prompto, Ignis, and Gladiolus. Um, I'm like, I don't know much about them outside of you know, hey, they're Noctis's friends, but that's it. So I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a Last of Us vibe where everyone's gonna tell me, oh, at the end it's gonna hit you, it's all gonna build up, and it's just like, whoa, holy shit, I'm sad, and this was great, and I'm gonna be that one outlier who like, I, I still don't feel anything. I did not care. It was like, okay, cool. I appreciate Joel as a character to an extent, but that's as far as it got. That was not the case in this game. At the end of this, I felt sad happy and upset for all four of these fucking characters at once and it was like heavy it's fun i'm still playing it because i'm going for the platinum i only have a couple trophies left i will this might be the first game i play and i actually go for the dlc oh i have that was gonna be my next question yeah did you play the story dlc because not yet they dive into all the other all the other characters yeah i i just found it i understood that they did it in the dlc when i said that I just felt it weird that it was done after the game was released. Like yeah. the story DLC, the DLC for that game took a while to come out and mm-hmm. completion. Um, like more than a year, I think. Yeah, it, it was long, out. and I was just like, so I was like, that's a really long time to ex- you know expose these characters as to what motivates them and why they're doing this. But at the end of the day, like I am more motivated to do it now because I've beaten the game. Um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it. Uh, that's probably going to be my next one. I might still jump into Final Fantasy X, but I don't think I'm going to go as hardcore into that. I would I would say 15 first, and then 7, especially the time-wise. I feel like 7 and 15 aren't that long. You'll spend a it good just, chunk of time in 10. The main thing for me is just Final Fantasy X is just nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. So like that, to me, is what Final Fantasy VII is for a lot of people. Oh, certainly. Because 10 was my first Final Fantasy, so it's going to you know, it's gonna be just that mostly for me uh, i get that as opposed to just getting trophies really i mean final fantasy 7 remake was my first final no no crisis no what was my first final fantasy game dirge of cerberus final fantasy oh VII. yeah i PS2. remember that Jeez. that was my first one what a weird first final fantasy yeah game. <laughs> yeah that was that was the first one i ever played and then i played crisis core and then remake and then now 15 I started Final Fantasy thirteen when it came out, and I just didn't. I was like, whatever. So, uh, question. Yo. It seems like you have pretty high praise for Final Fantasy fifteen. Yo. Which do you like more, 7 Remake or fifteen? So, I think in terms of... It, I thought I was thinking about this the other day. It's hard, because 7 Remake is definitely like the first part of a holistic story. Yeah. Whereas 15 very much wraps it all up. Like... Boom, done. That's what you get. Um, so, so you're still to be decided when seven finishes. In some kind of instance, okay. I prefer um, the game. Pl- like I mean, there's 
I'm not going to say apples and oranges because they're both fucking fruit, so they can be compared. Um, <laughs> that's stupid. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> All these people, you can't compare fruit. It's a fruit? Like, no, that's what you can. You can't because they're both fucking fruits. Um, it's the gameplay style. I appreciate a more linear gameplay style, which I get out of Final Fantasy VII, as opposed to the more open-worldness of fifteen. That's just me. Personally, that's a personal preference. That's not like a knock on the game by any means. Um, I got more exposition out of the characters in Final Fantasy VII. As someone that did not play the original Final Fantasy VII, I didn't really know shit outside of what I've read Wikipedia articles about and watching Advent Children 10 some odd years ago. That's the only exposition I had to those characters to know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know shit about Barrett, Tifa. I knew about Cloud and Sephiroth, and I understood their story. I never really got Tifa's whole deal, Barrett's whole deal, Aerith's whole deal. Like, what the fuck? Who cares? So, going into this, I feel like I know more about those characters and what drives them. So, I feel like, on that level, I appreciate Seven more. But, at the same time, I got more... While Seven evoked emotion, it was more like hype and like holy mm. shit this is awesome this sense of epicness and the set pieces and a lot of the big sequences that game has are massive and huge and 15 I don't get that but it evoked more solemn emotion from me where I was actually sad I was okay. upset for these characters so it sounds so. like I'm gonna like 15 more I, I would say personally. so yeah it sounds like 7 Remake is a Marvel film mm. and 15 is a fantasy drama yep okay all right, now I'm now I'm more excited to play 15. Yeah. Personally, I I'm just a little scared because I don't want anything to happen to Prompto, but I have a feeling that shit happens to Prompto. I mean, shit happens to everybody in that game. So yeah, but I just care about Prompto. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Steven, we went into this week thinking there's gonna be no fucking news, and yeah. it's gonna be pretty quiet. <laughs> and lo and behold, there was a lot. Yeah, there's some some interesting things that have been kind of. Uh, I guess on the back burner for a while, I suppose, or like you know, destined to happen. Uh, if that makes sense. Event, yeah, these things were eventually going to happen. So there's been some stuff brewing, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. That is now we're starting to get glimpses into them. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll kick things <laughs> off. So first, first thing first, Lucasfilm Games returns. So originally Lucas Arts back, you know, from '83. And then I think they ceased what they were doing in 2013. Um, it's back. So a lot of my first games that I played on PC back in the day, yeah, were from them. Yeah, a lot of people I think they when they hear Lucasfilm they think immediately just Star Wars games, but no, they had a lot. Like they did a lot of different games that they published, um, a lot of internally developed things, lots of point and click adventures, yes. lots of licensed shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the licensed stuff was actually really good. Some of it, not so much. That's but. true. But, so with that comes, first and foremost, a new announcement of a, an announcement of a new Indiana Jones game. So, it, they're being, they're partnering with Bethesda Games, um, and it is being developed by Machine Games, and they have uh, Wolfenstein, uh, Old Blood, uh, A New Order, and the new Wolfenstein's, like, rebirth that happened with mm-hmm. this last console generation. Um, and it is, What's really interesting is that it's being directed by Todd Howard, who has directed, you know, the Elder Scrolls games, Fallout, um, and the big two questions that come out of this are, one, will it impede development on Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield, which Pete Hines, marketing uh, head over at Bethesda Games, has said, no, it will not. So I find that, I wonder how Todd, if he's directing this, is one, is this game a ways away, or vice versa, are Elder Scrolls and Starfield more ways away than we already thought? Mm-hmm. Or is he director of this game, but not like super, you know, super heavily involved? Uh, so it's interesting to see that. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen anything for the new Elder Scrolls, for Starfield, or for Indiana Jones. They released a small little teaser for Indiana well, yeah, Jones. Which, I mean, they have gotten. the teasers, but... It, like they are not gameplay it's like right and the teaser for indiana jones specifically was pretty lackluster oh yeah it was just like uh it was basically a still image that panned and then one thing moved but it was like just shitty like 2d and it wasn't shitty animation but it was just like a 2d animation um and it was nothing super remarkable 
Uh, it was basically like, this is Indiana Jones, and that's it. It, it, um, it reminds me of, I think it was Uncharted 3 or Uncharted 4's first teaser trailer. Yeah. It's just a table. Yeah, and it just pans the table. <laughs> yeah. But here's the difference, though. That table was 3D rendered. Oh, yeah. But this one, it looked like those old point-and-click computer games. Yep. It's just funny uh, how it flipped, you know, how yeah. everyone compared... So uh, that's actually so because of that. Now I'm I'm curious because they did a, a teaser for Elder Scrolls as well, and that was a 3D rendered thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a landscape, yeah, like mountains and shit. Um, Same thing with Starfield. It was just open space and stars. Yeah. Uh, but uh, because the teaser for s- the new Elder Scrolls was 3D, I'm wondering since the teaser for Indiana Jones was 2D. Could that maybe hint that this is going to be a return to form to like the old school point and click shit that uh, LucasArts is sort of known for, or at least was back in the day? Yeah. Uh, which I don't think it is, but I think that's uh, an interesting thing to, to ponder, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, with it being uh, developed by machine games, it'll be first person. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly expect that. Uh, from the trailer, it looks like it's going to take a lot around the Vatican. Uh, at least what people are spreading around the internet it's gonna be around there it's definitely at the height of his career so we'll we'll definitely see a younger indiana jones here um i definitely think i mean it'll definitely be i think with machine games behind it we're expecting i'm expecting a full-fledged first person fps game so that'll be interesting though because typically with more character driven things Mm -hmm. third person is the way that they go so for a first person character driven thing with such a well-known character, yeah. Indiana Jones, uh, an iconic character, uh, that'll be interesting. Like, it, the idea of a first-person Uncharted game. Yeah. Which, I would imagine that's basically what this would be. I mean, if it uh, plays like Wolfenstein did, Wolfenstein was, while it was a first-person shooter and it was very action-oriented, you, you, it was still a well-written story and it, yeah, uh, very much yeah. a focus on bj blaskowitz's adventure yeah i'm, um, I'm just so. saying like thematically yeah uh, a first person uncharted and because uncharted wore its influences on its sleeve and indiana jones was a massive influence right for that series i'm just curious how that's gonna pan out uh mm-hmm. but yeah we probably have a while before this is a thing yeah uh, or you know before it is released. It could also but. be a different thing. I mean, yeah, I think that Machine Games is developing this, not Bethesda Studios. Bethesda Studios is the ones they're working on Starfield and Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. So maybe it won't hinder it. I mean, as long as, you know, everyone at Bethesda Game Studios, which I imagine they do, understands Todd, Todd Howard's, you know, vision and direction for those games, he can probably, and he's worked with them for so long, they probably like, oh yeah, we know what Todd wants. We'll just get going. We know what to do. We know what to get that working. Yeah. Machine Games... While they've never worked with Todd in a director role, may he may be he might be a bit more hands on with that. So they understand what he's looking for. And according mm-hmm. to what there was a big thing that he leaked this a year ago when or earlier, uh, sometime mid last year, was something in his room doing an interview he did. But that was just happenstance. He's actually just a really big Indiana Jones fan. Interesting. So it, he might just be hands on with this just because this is a dream come true for him. So we'll, we'll see that how makes that. Sense. You know that plays out. I'm excited though. I've yeah, wanted to get an Indiana Jones game for. I'm a while. curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I'm. While I'm not necessarily a fan of any of this, uh, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Indiana Jones. I'm not particularly a big fan of Bethesda or Machine Games. I have a lot of appreciation and respect for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, more so for machine games out of all of them uh but but yeah i think i think specifically machine games is really good at writing and i think that they tell really good stories mm-hmm. um so curious how that's gonna pan out i still think we've probably got a couple years before oh. we see this i, yeah, I imagine least. this is 2022 so, 2023 at least. so this is gonna be be a hot minute but uh interesting news nonetheless yeah especially since indiana jones has been kind of dormant in the video game scene yeah and so the second big question behind this is will this be an xbox exclusive because this is now after the announced acquisition yeah of microsoft buying uh bethesda games so who knows if we'll see this make its way to playstation or anything else i i think yes 
because it's being partnered with Lucasfilms, it's not just this fully yeah. Bethesda published game. So I think you'll have some leeway there. I think the most we'll see is a timed exclusive. I also, I really, I, I personally don't think that, and uh, I, I don't think Bethesda is going to do exclusive games just for Xbox even being owned by Microsoft. Like, I just really don't think that's in the cards. I think Microsoft has been moving towards more of a multi-platform presence anyways. Mm -hmm. I think that um, Bethesda and their their IP, it's all so big that they would want to hit as many people as possible. And they spent so much money on this, uh, on the the acquisition of Bethesda, that uh, there's really no way that they would... I mean, it's already kind of uh, crazy to think that they could recoup any of the cost um, anytime in the near future, but especially if they don't do some kind of multi-platform thing. I think uh, so. It, it, it's hard to say, because for one, Bethesda games, like especially ones that are developed by Bethesda Game Studios, have always, always had a massive audience on an Xbox platform since... Xbox 360. Yeah, they've had a massive audience, though, on any platform. On, but not, not, not nearly as big as Xbox, though. With PlayStation 4, there was the huge debacle with Fallout 4 um, with mods. A lot of people eventually... So I think if they... I think Xbox... I don't think Bethesda Games is hurting themselves as bad as we think by being a strictly Xbox developer mm -hmm. because they sell a lot more games on Xbox platforms always have. Plus, as well as with it being on Xbox, they still hit the PC market, so and that's their biggest market. I think the issue, so, though, is that these games are very expensive to make, mm -hmm. and yes, they've always sold well, but this acquisition cost more, like... Oh, it was huge. They spent more money than Disney did to buy Star Wars. Yeah. That is crazy to me. I, th I feel like this was strictly a power move, um, and I feel like, and, and this is of course all speculation, we're going to see how it all pans out mm -hmm. over the course of the rest of uh, this current generation, but um, I just, I really think that the future of Microsoft is multi-platform. I, 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 I also, uh, that's I, I can see that as well, especially with games like Cuphead and Ori, mm -hmm. the Ori games being on Switch as well. Um, I think Deathloop also, with that being a PlayStation exclusive for the time being, um, it'll it'll be. I think for me, it'll be a wait and see. Mm -hmm. I think will we see exclusive Bethesda games on Xbox? Yes. Will their big hitters be exclusives, like Skyrim, Starfield? Um, not Skyrim, but Elder Scrolls in the future. I don't think Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six will be exclusive. But who's to say that in the future they do something or like small? Like I think new IP from Bethesda Game Studios or Bethesda Games in general. Mm -hmm. That might find its way or it's strictly Xbox, but their big hitters will stay multi-platform. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a that's a safe bet. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. still interesting. Really oh, yeah. interesting things. I, I think it's kind of cool how there's a lot of... There have been a lot of big moves lately, and uh, going into this generation, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, and, I mean, there were even before the next-gen consoles came out but just because of these kinds of deals and because of sort of the nature of uh, all these franchises kind of hanging in the balance, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting times. It's it, really it's, exciting times. And it's funny because a lot of the big deals that happen, like, yeah, I think, so PlayStation buying Insomniac. Um, this is a deal that's talked about for years. Yeah. Um, and it had been meant, done, tried to be done before, but they said, no, we'll stay independent. Uh, and here we are now. Same thing with Bethesda. Microsoft tried buy had, has thought about buying Bethesda for years. Um, it just finally was like, okay, if we're gonna do it, we gotta do it, and they finally did it. So it's funny to see how those that's why they spent things. so much is because they were like, there's no possible way that you would logically decline this. Right, exactly. Because they made literally everyone there millionaires. Oh yeah. So it's like let's so. just do it. So, anywho, next up after the whole Lucasfilm Games returns is a new open-world Star Wars game has been announced. Um, now, the biggest thing of this is not necessarily that there's a new Star Wars game. What the fuck can do? I love Star Wars. A new Star Wars game. Oh, it, congratulations, it's a new year. Um, yeah, we but, would have expected that anyways. Exactly. But the biggest thing behind this 
is that this is being published by Ubisoft. Yeah. Which this effectively ends the EA Star Wars exclusivity deal after eight years. Um, so that's actually interesting because, yeah, they, they had the exclusivity deal, but I honestly feel like even though this game was announced, again, if we don't see it released for another two years, then it would still be within the 10-year exclusivity. I, I think the biggest sense. thing that's come from it, because when asked about this, and the, the consensus around the interwebs has been that they'll still do things with EA. Like, we're going to get Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. Like, that's going to be a thing that'll still be EA published. Uh, same thing if there's another Battlefront game or a, a Squadron sequel. Those mm. will still be EA, obviously. I think the big thing behind this is, while you're right, it may be a few years before you see this game, the fact that like they've had to openly already enter a contractual agreement with Ubisoft. Yeah. That they could not have done this without something happening on the EA side first because yeah. they signed contracts. And the fact that it ended two years beforehand, and I don't think it took a lot for them. Yeah, I think this is Disney we're talking about. If they were to look at EA and say, hey, you've squandered a majority of the opportunities we've had with our license. We're going to buy out the rest of the contract, ensure we'll do things with you in the future, but we're no longer going to limit ourselves with this because it's hurt us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars market with these games has been it's been iffy, uh, the biggest one being the Battlefront games. Uh, those were tumultuous at best. And lots that, of controversy. Lots, that's, that's two games out of, I think, both of those came out in a six-year span, and yeah, they I lost. So. I, I, you can't tell me they didn't lose a good chunk of money on that. Now to the point where the base game has been handed out free on multiple occasions, now the thing that they're making money off of are the upgrades to celebrate the fact that the game now functionally works um, and that the loot system in it is not this broken, money-grabbing, money-hungry thing. That took a year for them to get up to speed and probably another year or so to actually build a fan base again. That So I can't imagine Disney was okay with letting that sit when they had Honestly, opportunities. I would be really curious to see how much money they made off of the Battlefront series mm-hmm. because I would I would wager that they actually made a decent amount of money. Oh, um, for sure. But people I still think, bought those games at launch for 60 bucks a pop. Well, and because of the microtransactions mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, and like anyone outside of the industry, they don't know anything about like the drama and the politics and, you know, whatnot right. going into the games. Um, but I think for Disney, it's more of like a branding issue where they want to have they want people to feel like they care about these brands and they care about these characters and stories and universes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that EA did what EA does <laughs> um, with Star Wars is almost like tainting sacred ground. That's exactly what it is. Which arguably uh, Disney may or may not have already done with Star Wars. Uh, but this just adds fuel to the fire to people who feel that way anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think for Disney, because of that, wanting to branch out more uh, makes sense. Um, I still think... Uh, I still really think that with these kinds of things, it's best to give them to people who have genuine passion for those stories. Uh, like the idea of, of Todd Howard being behind an Indiana Jones game. Right. Like, I think that's a good move because if he's that big of a fan of Indiana Jones... He'll take care of it. He'll Yeah, he's going to make sure he doesn't fuck it up. Uh, I think by giving Star Wars to EA, I don't think they give two shits about necessarily the franchise. Like and so that's EA why as I, a company, I guess. I feel like um, it, it depends. I think it's more like, you're right, it definitely has to go to people that care. But it's also about a matter of putting it in the right hands. So people can care by all means. But if you say, I want a single-player action Jedi game, and you give it to a developer that's been formerly... Yeah, and you give it to EA. <laughs> to, you, you ask them that we like, okay, well, we'll give it to a developer that's done nothing but massive MMOs. That's like, well, what the fuck? That doesn't make it... Why would you... Who, why would you do that? That sounds like a recipe for disaster. And, like, at the time, EA was getting a reputation for destroying franchises. Yeah. Like, literally running them into the ground, and then basically making these creative minds like basically forcing their hand to I mean fucking Amy Hennig Amy Hennig is the biggest example they had a with that ragtag Star Wars demo that was happening and people were excited yeah. for a story driven Star Wars game and it was canned and it, just because they like we don't want to go in the direction but then 
just a few years later, we get <laughs> Fallen Order. Yeah. Clearly, you wanted to fucking go that direction. Or you realized you were dumb and you fucked up and you lost Amy Hennig. Well, it's got to be that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. And while yeah, Fallen I mean, Order also did like, well, uh, but... the guy behind Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, franchises like Mirror's Edge. I mean, EA has just... Uh, they're really good at that. Just taking things and then making them about things that they're not about mm-hmm. and then just fucking them over. Yeah, I uh, think it's... I don't know if it's because they're using... Cause I think as a whole, I think EA has an idea. And they're like, oh, hey, this works. What can we do? What can we do? But when it comes to testing and when they try to look at an audience, they're not... I feel like they're taking an audience... And it's the same audience. They find one pocket. Okay, cool. Like, we had the audience for Madden games, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see how they fare against a Star Wars game. Let's see how they... They're not taking Star Wars fans to be the audience. Like, they're testing groups or whatever and having them, hey, look at the Star Wars product. Hey, here's football fans. Look at this football product. They're taking football fans and like, all right, we want you to look at Mirror's Edge, <laughs> Star Wars, football, and then whatever else you got going on, tell us what you think. Like that fucks up everything. That skews yeah. what you're doing. I feel like that's what's happening. I feel like they're looking at what they're looking at the audience they have. They're looking at their biggest audience, which is their sports, because of games like FIFA and Madden, and applying those numbers to everything else they have going on. See, I just feel like they, I feel like they miss what makes certain things have a spark. It's like, it's like they're just missing the mark on what the soul of a franchise is. Yeah. Because uh, like I feel like that's what happened with Dead Space. That's what happened with Mirror's Edge. That's what happened with Star Wars, with Battlefront, and things like that. Uh, and especially when you're dealing with beloved characters and things, you got to get the soul. It, it doesn't matter. It can be any kind of game. It can be a match three puzzle game for all I care. But if it doesn't have what makes that world and those characters tick, then mm-hmm. it's not worth investing in at all. And they, they moved a little bit in the right direction with the new Star Wars game that they did, the single-player one. But um, still, me personally, uh, I I don't necessarily trust EA to do things with a soul, um, personally. I think that's a common consensus, uh, yeah. But uh, at least when it comes to the larger projects. Uh, when they When they basically just throw money at a creative mind and say, do whatever you want... That works out fine for them. And that's what happened with Respawn. When Respawn was given Fallen Order, they're like, well, okay. And yeah. Fallen Order, for all intents and purposes, did extremely well. I wasn't a huge fan of the gameplay per se. I liked the game. Um, I saw like the gameplay for me was like, it was trying to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So I think in a sequel, once they've got, you know, like, okay, we know what worked, what didn't work, let's polish it. I think a sequel will do fine. See, I'm thinking more of things like Unravel. <laughs> I, exactly. Um, I mean, which is significantly smaller. But they they took a guy and they were like, "All right, here's some money. Do what you want." Yeah. I mean, and it's the same thing with um, a way out. Yeah. Yeah. A way out. I mean, it's the same feel where they, you know, and hell, that became when what's his face went on that tangent at the Game Awards four seven years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, a big thing was like he's talking shit and like he's getting funded by EA on this game. <laughs> Yeah. And that's definitely who he's targeting. He might be in some trouble. <laughs> um, but they let him go, and he put out a great game. Um, well, I think that's them speaking more to gamers, because I think... Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that they're sports games, which makes them the most money. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that speaks to the gaming industry and gaming fans as much, just right. because it's more mainstream. Yeah, it's very like, broad. People who don't know anything about video games or don't necessarily care for video games By still Madden play... Yeah, they still play the sports games. Uh, so uh, I feel like when they do things like A Way Out and Unravel, that's them trying to speak gamers' language. Mm-hmm. And before they were really doing that, uh, I feel like they were just missing the mark with trying to speak gamers' language. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, anyway, so th- we've, we've kind of talked a lot about EA, but... Yeah, this game is Ubisoft <laughs> published... It's being developed by Massive Games, and they are the team that developed uh, The Division and The Crew. So, again, speaking more to if you're going to make an open-world Star Wars game, give it to a development team that does open-world games very well. Yeah. So, and, but, like, it's it's specifically, it's in the same engine as The Division. Yes, uh, with the, a snowdrop. Yeah, and uh, so that says to me, not only will this be open-world, but 
I feel like we have reason to believe that this is going to be a multiplayer-focused open-world Star Wars It could game. be. Because um, uh, it's, in, it's in a multiplayer-focused engine, and both the Division and the crew... Heavily multiplayer-focused. Yeah, have uh, almost an MMO feel, even though they're not as, like... It's not massively multiplayer. Yeah. There's still worlds that are... Uh, inhabited by other players. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like like Destiny for those who yeah. are trying to find something to compare to. Uh, so, that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some possibilities there <laughs> that could be intriguing to explore. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it turns out. I trust Ubisoft a little bit more, um, but me not being a Star Wars fan and not being a particular fan of Ubisoft or EA at large. I'm not personally excited for the games, but I am excited to see how it all pans out. I'm excited for a Fallen Order sequel. I think it'll fix the things I did not like. Uh, I'm excited to see what an open-world Star Wars game looks like. Honestly, I don't know if it will be... From what I understand, what's been talked about, this game will be single-player. From what I've seen, I don't know how long that'll stick... But, so I think the engine will be more along the lines of just, you know, a general framework mm-hmm. of what to build upon. Um, so, if that's the case, it'll be interesting to see a developer like Massive make a massive open world and not have to focus on multiplayer. I wonder what their abilities will do with that, knowing, like, okay, if we don't have to worry about the framework of an open world ga- of an online game, let's pour our talents into just writing and producing a great story with this massive landscape. And I want to see how well they do with that. That's um, just strange to me, though, because if they're if Ubisoft is publishing and it's in the same engine as The Division, but it's single-player, why wouldn't they use the same engine as Assassin's Creed? I, I, I wonder if that's due to not necessarily wanting to build a clone, because that engine, while using Assassin's Creed, is also using Watch Dogs. I think that's Ubisoft possibly being smart, and not oversaturating the market more than they already have with two games that are extremely similar, the only difference being is the timepieces they take place in. Um, one being Watch Dogs, takes more in a modern-day, futuristic kind I of I just deal. feel like the only thing, really, that differentiates oh. the division from Assassin's Creed is the online True. structure of it. Well, like, it, that's, I, that's in the bones of, of I think another aspect will also be the shooter mechanic. I don't, I don't expect this to be a game focused on being a Jedi, because... Jedi Fallen Order's already taken that spot. Yeah. So I totally see this being something where you're playing as the Rebels, or you might be playing as Stormtroopers, or you're playing as a more... Especially if it's being a single-player experience, I expect to be playing as a bounty hunter of some sort. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are expecting a Mandalorian or wanting a Mandalorian-type deal. I don't think we'll get that just simply because of the TV show kind of taking care of that space. But I expect a bounty hunter in some, in some fashion. Yeah. Um, well, that again, though, a bounty hunter uh, setup would pair very well with the way the division is set up as well. True. I but so I think like the quest driven, loot based, yes, kind of thing. I just think with it being a bounty so, hunter, because typically in the Star Wars universe, if you're a bounty hunter, you fly solo. Yeah, that you is don't true. play well with others. So I think that's where that mindset would be coming from if it's a bounty hunter esque game. So. And that's something people have been wanting for a while with Star Wars 1313 being canceled some odd years yeah. ago. Which looked so ahead of its time. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that, and also a big franchise, oh. honestly, a big franchise for Star Wars that people have been wanting for so long was a new Star Wars Bounty Hunter game. Mm-hmm. So, this could be it. We will see. Yeah. In several years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Steven. Um, Speaking of waiting for waiting, things. Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed into 2022. Um, this isn't this isn't hit as heavy because all we got when this game was first announced at the uh, PlayStation Five showcase last year was that it was coming in twenty twenty one. It was the the trailer the reveal trailer was in engine yeah so that was nice yeah it looked good um, I'm excited for it yeah I think uh, I think this game I'm curious to see how it turns I feel like I say that for everything but a lot of these it's just like yeah. like we'll wait and see right hey we can't so uh, what can we say about what we want and what we can predict so yeah and it's like weird because uh the team behind this didn't they also develop Disney Infinity am I pulling that out of my ass or is that true um like the team behind Hogwarts Legacy uh 
they're not necessarily known for games like Hogwarts Legacy. Well, let's see. I'll, I'll do the old Google. All right. So while you're Googling, um, but yeah, I think uh, it's fine waiting for this game. 2021 is already pretty jam-packed with a bunch of shit anyways. Oh, okay. So you're not wrong. Um, so they did Disney Infinity? It is Avalanche. Okay. So it's, so the team behind Just Cause, Mad Max. Oh. Yeah. Monolith. W. So Or not Monolith, but... Um, so it is the team behind Disney Infinity. So I'm really curious about like drawing that line from Just Cause to Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they also did Disney Infinity. That is, that is a thing. So yeah. I think they'll keep it. I don't think it'll be hard for them to keep it friendly, family friendly. But I, think I, I just think it's the, interesting just like the gameplay mechanics of like everything is destructible, shit exploding everywhere. The game will break. And then, and then Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Just like fucking blowing up the entirety of Hogwarts yeah. on accident. That's uh, kind of fun. So it'll be interesting. I, I wonder, one, it's good for them if you, I think a big part of this also, um, not a big part, I think that we will see, I think 2021 will be the year of delays. And that is solely due to the response to Cyberpunk. I think more now more than ever, I think last year gamers really got on board with, if you've got to delay it to make the game work, do so. I like the idea of don't fucking announce a game oh, yeah. until it's basically done. But I, I like, think, but it's just thing. So that, like that, that was the mindset, I believe. I think that mindset came from 2016 with Fallout 4. Because yeah. they announced the game. It's coming out in six months. We've been working on it for years. It's ready. And it did. And the game was, for the most part, we're good to go. Yeah. Um, and that became the standard. And then I think 2019, 2020, it became... Gamers became more understanding of delays, which allowed developers to say, hey, we're announcing this game. Now developers aren't as afraid as they used to be to say, hey, this game isn't up to par, we're going to delay it, because that audience is like, okay, cool, do what you got to do. Like The audience has become extremely supportive. And you think now it's going to be, hey, guys, we don't want to be like Cyberpunk. Exactly, and and gamers are like, cool, do what (laughs) you got to do. We don't want Cyberpunk We don't want that shit again. (laughs) We don't want to deal with that. So by all means, if it takes you three, four years... Do what you got to do. One thing I am curious about, speaking of delays, mm-hmm. uh, so PlayStation has a pretty loaded 2021 when it comes to exclusives. Yep. Uh, lots of big hitters. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff that we haven't seen any gameplay for that's supposed to be coming out this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if they can stick the landing with all of these games announced still coming out this year, or at least most of them, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be very impressed with just the the management of these games on PlayStation side because I mean we have we have Ratchet and Clank, Gran Turismo, God of War, Horizon, uh, like just that right there, all from first party studios, exclusive games announced for this year, and uh, we haven't we, seen anything. Well, I mean we've seen some of Ratchet and Clank and we've seen some of Gran Turismo. Yeah, but still like. That's that's interesting to me. And if they can stick the landing and if they can do that, I'm hoping that this sets the precedent for PlayStation being like, all right, within a year, you're going to get this game that we're announcing. And then not having to be like, oh, here's this thing I'm really excited for. And then you wait, and then you wait, and then you wait. And then two more generations come out, and then finally you're getting Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, so, I mean, I feel like PlayStation kind of already has that in a way set for them. Mm-hmm. We saw it with, um, and we'll, and we've seen it more and more so, PlayStation takes a small handful of games. They're big hitters, usually about four or five. Um, and they say, this is what you're going to get. This is what we're focusing on. This is what's going to happen. Those are your. This is what draws you and why you should buy PlayStation. And those games, for the most part, as far as I can tell... I'm sorry, I feel like I have to burp, but I can't. Um, in the la- I can't think of the last big PlayStation game. Well, Last of Us would probably be the only one. Um, to get delayed. To get delayed. And that wasn't necessarily due to development. That was due to just COVID. And they were like, how do we get this game <laughs> to people when, yeah. to, when you know our biggest shipper can't do it right now? Um, and once I got that figured out, the game came. And it was fine. I think a bigger speak to this will be the games that came out in 2020. Everyone's like, oh, it's 2020. COVID-19 hits. Games that are being developed are going to be delayed. I feel like it's... Those games are being released this year. They're already so far down the development pipeline that the things they're fixing up and they're developing are small things to fix just to make sure the yeah. game works. 
this year will be the big testament to see what 2020 affected because these are games that were being developed during last year during working from home. Yeah, they aren't at the end of the the road. They exactly. were in the middle. Of the they road. are in the middle, or hell, so maybe the or beginning. Like two thirds. Yeah, so they had a lot of work to do, and they had to adjust to that. So yeah. if these games come out this year, that'll be a big testament. If they don't, I think to me at least, it's expected because of what they had to deal with when trying to get these games together. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm, I'm saying I I think I'll be very impressed mm-hmm. if they are able to stick the landing with all of these games and they turn out and. Uh, you know, fine working order. Uh, like I don't, I don't think any of these games will be bad because I, I don't think they can afford for these games to be <laughs> <Right>. bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll just be really impressed if they, if they all come out this year. Yeah, because we do have a pretty loaded year. Uh, but still, uh, and I think so. This I'll, I'll skip ahead on the list here to kind of tie into your point of us not really seeing anything else really on these games Mm -hmm. um i think we will start seeing more things like so returnal um has gotten a big like press release in the last week or so with tons of in-depth videos like a 15 minute video yeah that was sort of half an interview half with gameplay Mm -hmm. i think we'll see a lot of especially trying to navigate a something like this year after the results of last year we'll start seeing because i imagine between games like uh, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon, and God of War, especially those games will be spread out. I expect at least three months between those games as they come through, because people are going to want to spend their time on it, and PlayStation's yeah. going to want to milk that hype period as much as they can to get their numbers. Um, so I think we will see more in-depth press releases, especially like uh, God of War. Especially, we saw that with the original one, and we saw it happen, especially after the game released. We got a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff. So I think with God of War Ragnarok we'll see a lot more of that from the beginning and that will be applied to games like horizon forbidden west and ratchet and clank we'll get they'll dump out all this content to build hype for the game Mm -hmm. because that's the way to do it right now with everything going on and then the game will release people will play it for a few months and then on to the next thing so yeah Uh, speaking of which though so the returnal thing that they showed um the the combat gameplay that they've shown actually looks really good. They released a combat trailer, I think, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of, to me at least, it didn't really get me excited. Um, but the new combat gameplay that they showed during this big preview thing, uh, game looks really good. I'm actually now excited for it, even though it was totally not on my radar beforehand. Because uh, I just think it looks really satisfying to play. So, uh, you know, for, for people who are uh, vaguely interested in third-person action games, um, I, I suggest checking that out. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm, I didn't look into it yet. I haven't meaning to. I knew it happened. I just haven't watched or seen anything, really. So I'll probably do that sometime uh, tonight or tomorrow. It and just looks really fast and arcadey. Because I want to know like, what the fuck it is. That's my biggest looks, thing. It like, looks really cool. I want to know what this game is. I know so little, and I'm like, okay. I think it's like a roguelike third-person shooter. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how a roguelike aspect... Because Rachel likes roguelikes. I'm not as big a fan on them, but you're taking a gameplay method that I do enjoy and an atmosphere I enjoy. Yeah. So I want to see how that applies, especially if I imagine it's probably narrative-driven in a sense as well. I imagine there's a story there. So I wonder how you apply roguelike. Most roguelike games, the story is very light. Very, It's all about the gameplay, how much fun you have doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a game like this, where you have a narrative behind it, there's a point, there's a message, you have to do this. But at the same time, it's roguelike. It's like, well, how do you... That sounds difficult. That sounds yeah, like two things I, that don't mess I feel well. Like, <laughs> I feel like, especially coming off of Hades, yeah. this is interesting. Like, we're playing in an interesting space here. Mm-hmm. The, the merging of these like narrative-focused things and roguelikes. I... I like, I like the idea of that genre evolving, I guess, and like moving forward in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, because it's been a very gameplay focused space. Yep. And I like seeing a little bit more production value and writing going into those kinds of things. Um, so, really curious. Yeah. As with every fucking thing, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see how it pans out. We will see. <laughs> I feel like I sound like a broken record. This one's not as big. HBO's The Last of Us TV series got a new director. Uh, it's Kantemir Balagov. Uh, I, he's Russian. Um, he directed the movie Beanpole. It won an Oscar. 
that's as much information I have on that. Um, but it sounds like people are excited. Um, <laughs> from a TV critic's perspective, they're all excited to see what this does. So, hey, I have never heard of of Kantemir Balagov or Beanpole before. Neither have I. The amount that I'm interested in the Last of Us TV series was already at zero, but just because of the name, specifically Beanpole, <laughs> uh, now I'm now I'm intrigued. I, I must see. Like you had my attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's two things that I love. Beans and poles, uh, or weird, weird names and okay. video game spinoffs that are doomed to fail. Well, okay, all right, cool. Um, I actually, I think, I honestly think this is going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's ever a TV video game that can be adapted from PlayStation's library and the television relatively easily. It's a movie about a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with fungal monsters. The only thing that sucks is like I wish it were a new story with new characters, but. From what I've seen, it seems like just a retelling of Joel and Ellie's story. Yeah, I think that's what we'll get. But at the same time, I would not be surprised that we get that if this first season... Typically what happens with a lot of these things, if the first season does well... Then they expand. They expand because they're like, okay, we have an audience. We can do this. We did something right. I think what we what could happen is if this does well, we'll see that. And then we'll also see that with more PlayStation uh, IP making its way into television and different methods meaning not the same story being retold yeah but in the same world as the game with different characters i'm honestly i'm hoping that they take some notes from the last of us part two and super duper mild spoilers so like just skip ahead 30 seconds i hope that they defy an expectation with the story and the characters that's the end of the spoilers that's it very, very vague, but I don't, you know, sometimes people are touchy. I mean, about I, things. I own Last of Us Part 2 uh, now, so I can actually play this thing, so don't. Yeah, please do. Don't um, fuck this up. But, but yeah, I, I hope that they take some notes from Last of Us Part 2 and uh, do similar things with the TV series, but we will see. We will see. It's another thing that's been in. It seems like it's been in the talks for fucking forever. Yeah. Um, following that, Resident Evil Village, or Resident Evil in general, is going to get a big showcase on the 21st. Um, more likely just going to be all about Resident Evil Village. because yeah, just showing gameplay and yeah. stuff. There's rumors of a uh, multiplayer Resident Evil thing to be shown off as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because every foray into Resident Evil multiplayer has failed. I, I feel like they keep going back and forth. Like, okay, we'll do a Resident Evil proper, and then we'll do some multiplayer thing, and then back to Resident Evil proper, and then some multiplayer thing. So I feel the like they've been going back and forth lately. multiplayer works in Resident Evil was Resident Evil 5. Only time. And that was just because it was two people playing on a story-driven thing. It was just a co-op instance. Not an actual online multiplayer deal. Yeah. Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City did it. It sucked. It did not do well. Um... And then we have Resident Evil 3, its HD remaster, had its multiplayer aspect, which also did not do well to the point no one has talked about it since it was first revealed. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I don't see why. Why bother? Leave it alone. Just do a single player, or hell, if you want to do co-op, do co-op, narrative-driven thing, that's it. Stop trying so much into this. It is not working. You know, yeah. I honestly, I don't, I don't want. Like me personally, I don't want multiplayer Resident Evil. Yeah, like, um, I don't. I, it's but, not needed. Yeah, but it's I mean, a lot of money being wasted. We could put into other things. If they can do something and do it well, then I'm all for it. But uh, it doesn't seem like they can. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> correct. I love Capcom, but and they nail multiplayer with and Monster Capcom Hunter. Capcom has been having a bit of a resurgence. So. And, those resurgence is being multiplayer games street fighter monster hunter for some reason it just does not fucking work in resident evil yeah <laughs> it does not work it, which is crazy because it's fucking zombies call of duty has made a name off of that kind of thing so i don't know I, I don't get maybe that's why maybe they're just like oh hey we could have done zombies like call of duty did but like call of duty is already doing it so maybe that's what it is yeah well um, um yeah, I think that just about does it. We had we had one more thing on the list, but it's... Yeah, it's minuscule. I was just going to go over the top 10 downloads of the PlayStation Store of 2020. 
Yeah. Nothing crazy surprising. Did I you want to shout out some favorites? Uh, I mean, honestly, I can run down. It's only 10 games, so I can run down pretty quick. All right. Uh, number 10, Watch Dogs Legion. Legion. Uh, number 9, surprisingly, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Wasn't expecting that one on there at all. Yeah. Uh, number 8, Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Proud of that one. So I'm glad that made it up there. Yeah, really happy. Especially, that's only two months, and that's top games 2020 that means hopefully we're gonna see more sackboy in the future i would hope so because I mean, that was that really was, good that was a big thing for astrobot it did really well with vr sales and here we are with astros you know so playroom uh up up uh, that number seven fifa 21 number six madden nfl 21 number five demon souls that's interesting yeah again these it's really cool to see the ps5 games on here because they only had two months to get up there yeah. So that's a big and fucking push. their PS5 games. Yeah. Which was already hard to get. Well, especially for Demon's Souls, because that was only... Or Sackboy, yeah. PS4, and PS5. Yeah, correct. Demon's Souls, strictly that's, PS5. That's why that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. NBA 2K21 Next Generation. So that's just the next-gen version of that game. Interesting. Um, number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Up there. Again, a game came out uh, late October and pushed really well. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, right up there with it. Number one, not surprising here, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, so. there's so most of that list is not too surprising, but I'm I'm honestly surprised to see Sackboy on there. I'm surprised to see Demon Souls. Okay, like those are two that I think. Uh, oh, yeah. you know what? And Im- Immortals. Yeah. Okay, uh, so even more interesting. That list I read, I didn't scroll down this entire page. This is coming from the PlayStation blog. Uh, that was only PS5 games. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I well, thought that was overall. So so okay. did I. Um, Whoops. PS4 games, and they also have a list for PSVR. I'm really curious to see what that's like, because VR did not have as big as years it did. It's the same fucking games it's been Probably. for forever. Uh, number 10, Madden NFL 21. Number 9, Final Fantasy VII Remake. NBA 2K20 at number 8. NBA 2K21 at number 7. <laughs> I'm surprised people are still buying 2K20. Probably uh, just because it's cheaper. Rolling out, yeah, I mean, if we're going 2020 as a whole. Uh, Last of Us Part 2 at number 6. Ghost of Tsushima at number 5. Dang. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft at number 4. Uh, Call of Minecraft Duty- proper or Minecraft Dungeons? Proper. Okay. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare at number 3. Grand Theft Auto 5 at number 2. Uh, and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War at number one. These are only U.S. Canada numbers, by the way. And then PSVR, we've got Marvel's Iron Man VR, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, Arizona Sunshine, Creed Rise to Glory, Gorn. Uh, <laughs> First-person VR brawler. Okay, I'm glad you know what that is. I'm like, what the fuck? Number four. Number five, we have Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Number three, Super Hot VR. Number two, Job Simulator. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, number one, Beat Saber. Yeah. So. Not too many surprises on that nope, list. Nope, not at all. So. That, uh, tidies it up. <laughs> you know, that's all we got. Yep. That, that's the list. Oh my god. That was the wettest shark. <laughs> Steven. So inappropriate. I don't know... How dare you put that on microphone? I don't know if the microphone could pick that up. I hope it didn't for but your sake, because everyone here... Holy fuck. Steven Mothamsmar just exploded on microphone. That... I, I don't think... That... That sound is impossible for a normal human. This requires two humans. That, that had to have been a pregnancy part. I mean, we say that, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I pulled that off. Like... As you you know, how my parts are. That was a duet. <laughs> that was a that was a fart duet. It was dangerously close to a symphony. There were lots of bubbles in there. <laughs> different zones of the orchestra playing different bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the woodwinds. Here's the, the brass section. Woodwind farts. I've heard brass farts before, but I don't know about woodwind farts. I mean. <laughs> They just sound like whistles. Jeez. I'm sorry. I, that just surprised me. I was not expecting a whole ass fucking swamp. 
<laughs> God, ladies and gentlemen, talk about the grand finale. <laughs> Thank Jeez. you for listening. <laughs> we've been we've been ending on interesting notes lately. We've been starting on inter- interesting notes. Yeah, well, especially during like the test things. Those tests, those I, tests. I mean, they're all tests. This God. is a test. Um, Testicular. Lots of that going on. Cancer. Ooh. Not, hopefully not lots of that going on. I mean, there probably is, unfortunately. I haven't had a doctor touch my balls in a while. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, like, you know, I, I haven't been screened for testicular cancer in a while. Is what I'm getting at. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not some kind of heathen. <laughs> The face you made when you said that would imply otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally a fucking heathen. Um, I can't even fucking close the show now. Thank uh, you guys they- for listening. Be sure to support the show. You can go over to be- uh, More Than Friends Productions slash donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. If you have a question or you want to just be heard on the show, by all means, send an email to be more than friends at gmail.com thank you until then we'll see you next week yeah uh thanks for listening seriously we appreciate it uh every single one of you thank you so much okay thanks bye i was talking about the noise it made but is that that was that was the noise okay it came from that uh, this is another mic test because I forgot to put on automatic you level control. You farted. You farted in there. You brought it in oh, here. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't fucking believe you. I mean, could really? Come on. You, you can totally believe Yeah, it. I believe you. I, I, I believe it entirely. I just can't fucking appreciate it because I don't. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I can't appreciate it because I don't appreciate it. Fuck you. I won't appreciate it as a control matter of fact. Control your body. Nope.